Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Time for some inspiration, listeners. You know that on this show, I always talk about the importance of savings and how debt limits your options in life. So today, I thought we would get some inspiration from a figure of history. In fact, we're focusing on a titan in Singapore's history, but who's almost invisible to the regular Singaporean and does not feature large in popular imagination. He was famously frugal, had a whole in his shoe, I understand, set Singapore on the path to first world and a new graphic novel out there lifts him from the history books. It's hoping to bring his story to a whole new audience with a comic strip approach, prose and poetry. Now, everyone knows the name Lee Kuan Yew, but few outside maybe diplomatic circles and academic circles talk about Goking Sui, who was Singapore's finance minister back in 1959. Also, our deputy prime minister, minister for Education, chairman of the MAS, uh, CV too long to read out on air. He was key to driving foreign investment in Singapore. He helped set up the EDB and took Jurong from swamp to industrial estate. He is known as the economic architect of Singapore. Why do we know so little about him? Well, joining us today... Felix Cheong, he's a poet, noted author, who provided the text for our book In Focus, Chia Sin An, uh, back in these halls where he used to work. He created the ST comic strip House of Lim, which had an eight-year run. He's the illustrator of the book that we're looking at, Go King Sui, a Singaporean for all seasons. And also joining us today is Tan Siok San. We're thrilled to have her with us, author of Dr. Go King Sui, a portrait. Siok San was also Dr. Go's daughter-in-law. Welcome, Siok. Son. Thank you. Good of you to join us, Felix and Anne. Good morning. 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 Good of you to join me. So let's touch on this point that I think a lot of our listeners might be curious to find out more about. How famously frugal was Goking Sui, Felix? Well, there's a famous example of how frugal he was. So he used to drive this car, uh, Vauxhall, mm-hmm. and there was a hole in the floor panel. But he refused to change the car because it was still functioning. It was still running. Mm -hmm. There was no reason why he saw any reason to change it. (laughs) And does that hole make it to the book? Yeah, um, but I had to reference a a lot of uh, material from the... The car, the old car, vintage car. Yeah, so it yeah. does make it to that book, that yeah. anecdote. Sin An, can you chip in here? How how frugal was Goking Sui? Uh, well, I read somewhere when it was raining. Uh, he was in this conference in Bangkok. Mm. And it rained after the, the the event. And he decided to walk home in the rain instead of taking a cab with the rest of the... <laughs> this was something I... He was either in the video clip... Or uh, an article I read, I thought it was quite cool. (laughs) (laughs) So interesting. Siok-san, do you have an anecdote to share? Uh, Yes, Michelle. Um, He would wear his shoes until they're threadbare. And when one pair, the base of of that shoe, had split from the shoe itself, he told his secretary, just glue it. (laughs) When, When that didn't succeed, he says, use better glue. Oh my, love that, yeah. So the clever secretaries then hit on this line, Sir, if you trip on this pair of shoes, the cost of your medical bills will outweigh the cost of a new pair of shoes. 
Then he relented. Oh my, I'm going to use that line with my dad. Thanks very much for that. Um, tell us, you know, what do we know about his personal approach to money? I mean, we talked about frugality. Do we know anything else? Well, I call him Mr. Savings. He believed in savings. He believed in budget surpluses. And actually, he built up GIC, uh, a sovereign wealth fund, years before Finland and other countries had a sovereign wealth fund. Wow. So So, amazing. So his personal life and his public life, the, the values are the same. Okay, and this book really focuses on values. It doesn't take a timeline approach, a historical approach to Dr. Go King Sui's life, right? Um, tell us, Felix, what was important for you to focus on when you wanted to bring out uh, the values that were important to Dr. Go King Sui? So for me, it was interesting after doing the research to focus on one particular episode that was called Go's Folly. That was the setting up of the Jurong Industrial Estate. So that could have made or broken him and the PAP government, but he turned it around. He turned the swampland of Jurong into a shiny new industrial estate that created thousands of jobs. So that was important for him. Yeah, um, this was not an easy time. I think people forget that this book is going to take us to the 1950s when Singapore was not wealthy. Not wealthy, lots of labour strikes, um, leftists infiltrating the trade unions, mm. stirring up trouble. So there was a lot for the government to handle. But I guess in the grand scheme of things, they managed to pull it all together and eventually set us on the path to becoming first world. How exactly did Dr. Go? he was Singapore's first finance minister from 1959 to 1965, how exactly did he help shape the blueprint for Singapore's eventual success? Well, he was partly um, behind the negotiation for Singapore's uh, separation. Mm. I think Soksan might have uh, more to add on that. Soksan, you want to chime in here on how important he was for Singapore's economic development and eventual success? Well, it's not disputed that he laid the economic foundations. Um, Mr. Lee Kuan Yew admitted that too. Um, But with regards to separation, the details were actually worked out between him and the then Deputy Prime Minister of Malaysia, Tun Abdul Razak. So he, in a way, uh, gave us our independence, uh, laid the foundation for a strong uh, economic and financial system. uh, And then he moved on to the Ministry of Defence and built up uh, the, 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 the SAF from scratch. Fantastic. Now, so much. What a political career. So pivotal to Singapore. How do you decide you're going to distill it for a book that feels quite slim, actually? Um, How many pages is it? Just over 100. 100, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just over 100. So, eminently readable. What was your approach to sort of bringing his story to life through sort of a comic book approach? Well, I told him that we needed um, some drama and action, <laughs> a bit of action to, to make it, you know, readable. And um, But those I took care of with the riot scenes, wow. which is... Uh, so you need some the, drama to move things along. Yes, pro- otherwise you'll just be the panel after panel yeah. of talking heads. Yeah, yeah and you so don't want that. want that. Yeah, because yeah. you want to take him out of the history books and present him to a new audience yes, in a we, new way. Yeah, And we didn't want a Wikipedia approach where we go, you know, year by year, what he did, blow by blow account. Mm. So that's why we encapsulated everything into this one 
particular drama, which is the setting out of the Jurong Industrial Estate. Uh-huh. And through this particular inflection point, mm-hmm. allow us to see his growth as a politician, as an economist. I like um, this extract that we found in one of his famous speeches, and I'll read you a little bit of it. When the PAP government first assumed office on June 3, 1959, businessmen and industrialists, far from hailing this event as a happy augury for the future, felt for the most part that the end of the world was around the corner. The stock market collapsed. There was a flight of capital out of Singapore. Several people fled the country. But in a space, short space of 10 years, they brought about a transformation of the business climate. I wonder, Siok San, if you can share a little bit of uh, Goking Sui's maybe leadership style or some of his working habits not known to most people. Um, few people know that um, Dr. Go was a teacher before. Um, most of his public life was at social welfare, but he had also taught. Uh, and throughout all his life, he that this mentoring this, this tutoring was in him. Uh, his permanent secretaries have said that they learned so much from him. So he was patient. He wanted to impart uh, his knowledge. He wanted to be questioned also. Mm. He respected the views of others, male or female. Um, he wanted to be engaged with students, with ordinary people. He respected people. He, it was not his job to to turn them to his point of view. He wanted to hear what they have to say on various issues. Sounds like a man with great empathy. Uh, Felix, how detail-oriented was he? And did that spirit translate to your own sense of details for this book? Yes, he was a very detailed man. Um, he paid a lot of attention to finer details. So I tried to capture that in the story. For example, um, when he wanted something done, he wanted something done promptly. And he was a very impatient man. And I'm sure Soksan can agree to that. He was impatient. Was he was he sometimes Soksan? blunt. Right, Soksan? Was he impatient? Uh, uh, he is. Uh, he, that, that's part of his reputation. If it's to be done, it must be done uh, as of now. With haste. With haste. Mm. So, in fact, um, there was an episode, uh, I think Soksan told us about it, mm. how he likes to wear his watch facing inward oh. so that if a meeting overruns or runs too long, he can cut it short wow. without you know, actually showing that he's looking at his watch. So he really um, treasured his time. Time. Incredible. I think few people also might know that he was a poet. Um, how did you find out, Felix? I read in one of the books that um, as a young man, he used to write poetry. And in 1937 and 38, he published two poems. And that was, in fact, how I got into the mind space of the man himself. Mm. Initially, I wanted to write a story in the third person. But after having tried a few drafts, it didn't work. And knowing that he was a poet helped open up uh, his mind to me. What did you think of his poetry, Felix, as a poet yourself? He was good. Although if he had continued writing, it could have been better. He could have published his first book. Oh, he never published? He never published. I mean, only those two poems that I managed to find in the archives. So interesting. Yes. Can I just jump in? Of course. He did did publish. His speeches have been... There are three books, okay, uh, uh, containing speeches written by Dr. Go King Sui. But did he publish his poems? Uh, not his poem, mm. but all his speeches, okay, ranging from 
why the bird park was created, uh, ranging on his thoughts about solving traffic problems way back. And, and these, these are precious, you know. The last, the last book was The Wealth of Nations. Mm, yeah, really, really precious. I mean, how did he think about traffic back then? Uh, you have to read his speech, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> lots of details. We've got lots of drivers listening in. It might be fun for them. All right. Um, what kind of a book is this? It's creative. It's a graphic. Would you call it a graphic novel? It is a graphic novel. Mm-mm. And uh, why why take this approach to telling this story? You mean using graphic novel? Yeah. In illustrations. Yeah. For the younger audience, I suppose. So and right from the start, impatient. it was about the, meeting the needs of uh, a younger audience. Yeah, just grab them at the start. Like you know, the the prologue was you, know, you started with a bang. Okay, and how did you you two end up working together? He, well, I approached Felix. <laughs> no, it was after this comics event. I said, "Why oh, don't you know if he's game for about working together?" And then he said, "Yeah." Then we didn't fix the date till some weeks later. <laughs> so and then, uh, and then it was just months, and then this book was created. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of the research and writing, it didn't take that long, maybe yeah. about two months. But the painstaking process was in the the creation, the illustrations. Amazing. Yeah, that took that took because the details and. I really know. wanted to do this show because I think I, I you know I heard a line at your book launch that his that he had a hand in so many institutions that are all around us and to some extent his legacy is all around us in plain sight mm. and yet few of us really know about the man. Mm. So san can you share a little bit more about some of the institutions he had a hand in creating? If I were to name them, Michelle, it would be like an alphabet soup. <laughs> uh, I think he paid a lot of attention to EDB because that was that institution to bring in foreign investments. Okay, then on the financial side, you have MAS, you have GIC, and other financial institutions. Um, on the defense side, you have Defense DSO, uh, and then you have uh, JTC, you have uh, Zimbabwean, you have uh, Capo. Uh, you, wow. it, it really, uh, CPF, it really reads like an alphabet soup. Wow. And speaking of reading, the Singapore Writers' Festival is on. That's another reason why I wanted to do this show. You know, I think it's good for people to realize there's a whole festival all around us and you can get in touch with great authors. We have a wonderful poet and novelist in front of us and an illustrator and an autobiographer with us on the phone. Um, how wide a reader was Dr. Goking Sui? He was a ferocious reader because I think he had this uh, curiosity of a child. So he likes to pick up, you know, different skills, different knowledge. He would um, consume lots of new research, which um, enabled him to find ways to explore how to grow Singapore. Wow. Um, to what extent was, you know, was he a voracious sponge? Did he feel like knowledge was power? Not just power, but I think he was more interested in how can we turn this into something that will benefit Singapore? Mm. And to what extent, you know, as an illustrator, do you have to do your own research when you're trying to translate who this man is into images? Oh, well, um, while Felix was looking into his head, I was looking at it from the outside. So I had to draw him from all angles. And uh, I asked Sok San for some photos of him uh, you know, from the back or something, but um, I don't think she had any. So uh, I just made, you know, I created my oh, own. Oh, you needed a photo of him from the back? Yeah, I had to, I have to draw him from the back. It's the fascinating. Side. Yeah, 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 you want, you want all angles. Plus, yeah, but uh, yeah, so I just did uh, an AI myself. 
you know, of the no, it's it. You use ChatGPT for that? No, <laughs> I just created my own. So. Okay, fantastic! <laughs> yeah. The magic of AI involved in this book no, as well. No. We're looking at Go King Sui as Singaporean for all seasons, a new graphic novel, texts provided by Felix Cheong, and poetry. So it's prose and poetry as well. That's what I like about it. You take us to his mind almost in, inside his mind space. So I was trying to understand the man from the inside out. And uh, illustrations by Chia Sin An. And also joining us is Dr. Goh's daughter-in-law. I wonder, Siok San, if you can share with us a little. He had a hand in so many ministries. Which did he have the greatest affinity with? Uh, not not an institution, but I think as a ministry, I think he, 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 he loved his days in Ministry of Defense because it was different from Ministry of Finance. And it opened his world it really excited him. Uh, I, I, I feel that that's the area that he was uh, uh, mo- excited him the most. All right. And what do you think, you know, he would want listeners to take away from this book, Siok-san? Uh, do your best. It has, he has said that to, to my son um, when my son was starting his career and telling him how he would go from here to investment banking, etc. And he said, stop, 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 Okay. All I want you to do is, whatever you take on, put your very best in it. Excellence. And all from within. What a great anecdote. Felix, what do you most want listeners to take away of Go King Sui? That we don't forget the achievements of this man. In fact, um, just a few months ago, I was talking to four NTU students and I asked them, do you know who Go King Sui was? Only one of them knew. The other three had never heard of his name. And the one student who knew said that, Oh, wasn't he the guy who built HDB? That was shocking. That was really shocking for me. Right. So they had no idea who the man was. Yeah, and these are university And these students. are university students. They're, so they're the, the best of our minds and they don't know who he was. Well, was he famously low-key, Seok-san? Absolutely. He actually didn't think of himself. In fact, he thinks he was not good-looking. He said, when I look at myself in the mirror, I get a fright. At the reflection. <laughs> so it's absolutely, it's absolutely unassuming. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's such a great story. Um, weren't his poems about love though? No, they were more um, abstract. His poems were more about um, dealing with life, de- dealing with contradictions. They are more abstract. Not so much about love. I mean, did he strike you as a man who felt deeply? I mean, that's what I got from the fragment of a poem that you put up, that this is a really sensitive man. Sensitive, but also intellectually curious. Mm. That was more his thing. Did you know about his, um, you know, love for poetry, Siok-san? No, I didn't. I was quite surprised uh, when I did my my research to discover that. Uh, But I know about his love of music. He would turn on the uh, classical music, uh, is what he likes, Western classical music. He would turn on his radio every evening, partly to cool down, partly, I think, to clear his mind, okay, for the next day. So music will envelop his his black and white bungalow uh, uh, every evening. And, of course, he created the SSO. Oh. Without him, without him, we would not have the SSO. We would not have the bird park or the zoo or the or the Chinese garden or Sentosa. So there you are. Oh, beautiful. So nice to know he loved Western classical music, which she relaxed yeah. too. I, I gather he might like being on radio then. He might like us talking about him on radio. Yeah. Well, probably, I, uh, although he <laughs> often felt he wasn't a good orator. Is that true? Hmm? 
He said he didn't quite compare well to Lee Kuan Yew in terms of public speaking. Siok San, you want to chime in here? Yes, I agree absolutely. He drones on, okay? Uh, He he, is no orator. Uh, There are gems in what he's saying, but he mumbles. We call it the go mumble in the family. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, late President S.R. Nathan even told me, he, Dr. Go lectured them on social welfare and in the afternoon with a ceiling fan droning, they all fell asleep. Oh, oh my goodness. You know, it so runs counter with the idea of a fiery founding father sort of figure. It's a very different sort of founding father then. Very different from uh, Lee Kuan Yew yeah. because he was more an academic by training and by inclination. So he tended to take a step back and look at things uh, dispassionately. But he was not an economist, was he? He was, by training. Was he a statistician? Um, I think he was. Okay. And finally, before we we go, um, Sinan, chime in. What do you most want readers to take away from this graphic novel? Well, I think I want them to see him as a a man who, who managed a lot of things. Man of the arts, a man of economics. So he, he sort of uh, encompasses all this, uh, you know, uh, culture yeah. as well as the business side. That's why I gave him the title, <laughs> Singaporean for All Seasons. <laughs> well, well said. Well, yes. congratulations on your new book. It's mm-hmm. called Go King Sui, a Singaporean for All Seasons. We then thank Tan Siok San, author of Go King Sui, A Portrait. We must pick that book up as well. Siok San, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Felix Cheong and Chia Sin An with me in the studio. Gentlemen, will you be at the Singapore Writers' Festival? Yes, I'll be there Thanks. this weekend. Okay, so listeners can uh, get their copy autographed mm. if they find you. Wonderful. Well, thank you Good all for here. joining me. Yeah. Right here on Money and Me, I'm yeah. Michelle Martin. Thanks. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.